Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast where you can get your calcio to go. I'm Frank Cravello back in the saddle. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing? It's uh, glad to have you back on uh, after a week off, or I guess technically two weeks off with the, with international break, huh? Yeah, yeah. A uh, little, uh, little, little, little health issue that, um, let's just say, cosmetically, I would not have been. Uh, I, I'm not pleasing to look at anyway. Um, you know, so uh, an appearance on Syria sit down, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago probably would not have been a good idea uh, in particular. So um, I see the chats bouncing already. They're already excited to talk about this. Man, what a crazy week in Syria. Crazy Boy, weekend, crazy weekend. Uh, you know, sure. we were, uh, you know, we all we all came together to agonize over the Itsuri, getting a couple of draws. I don't know what every first of all, let, let me get that off my chest. I don't know what everybody's panicking about. I mean. You know, I had guys were saying, well, Switzerland has two games in hand. Yeah, but Italy have the points. Okay, and as you can see, Switzerland could not beat Northern Ireland. So, um, you know, so it's uh, it's not something that I get myself overly concerned with. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and then, you know, the other and then the other end of the spectrum, go and beat Lithuania 5-0. You get great performances from uh, Moise Can and... Um, uh, Raspadori, and now all of a sudden you've got all of Italy Twitter saying that they should be the starting forwards. They played Lithuania, okay? It's not, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see these guys actually against somebody that's semi-decent that can give them a challenge. Let's see them solve some problems, you know, uh, against a Northern Ireland team that's not going to have any interest in having the ball and is going to want to defend and is going to make spaces very tight. And then they're just going to try to hook it forward because that's the, really the only way they can play. That, you know, th- those are the things that, you know, w- we need to see. You know, Lithuania is a team that tries to play and then they can't def- and and then they stretch themselves and that they can't defend. So you know, I I, I was happy to see those performances from from sure, Ken, Ken and Raspadori. Don't get me wrong, but let's not start anointing them as the future of the of of the Azzurri. I I need more sample than you know than a than a than a five nil win at home against Lithuania. Sure, I don't know. I hear you. I'm totally with you on that. And uh, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Uncle Sharma. He helped co-host uh, in yes. your absence. Uh, did a great job. Lots of people on the chat on that one. So uh, really great. Thank you again. And make sure you follow Uncle Sharma as well. So give a shout out to him. Uh, yeah, I see Michael Lisi checking in. Good to see you, Michael. Uh, Tyler Sharma, good to see you. Ahmed, Anthony, Phil. Yes, it is great to talk about actual games instead of silly contract rumors. Oh, yes. So, hey, Mercato's good. done. Look at that. Mercato's yeah. done. Mercato's done. I have to redo my uh, my top 20 predictions. and uh, I redid mine, actually. Um, I redid mine. Yep. I have yet to redo mine. And, you know, from what I've watched, and, and I'll get into this when we talk about that game later, I'm not so quick to put Spezzi in the bottom three. Um, but we'll, I uh, hesitated, and I, put, I still put them there. But, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure. Sure. So we'll have to, uh, you know, we'll talk about that, uh, you know, a little bit. We'll talk about those games. Crazy week uh, in Serie A, Richard. Tons of goals as we tend to say 9, 13, 18, 19, 23, 25. Another 28 goals on the board. Maybe not. And that's just in nine games. We've got fun bad Bologna against 
bad, bad, bad. Hellas Verona uh, <laughs> tomorrow that's going to probably put that total well over 30. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but we had five games that really, really involved the marquee of Serie A when you really think about it. You know, they did a really nice job with scheduling and bringing it back with a bang. So, you know, normally we want to just profile one or two of these because they're high profile, but it's so early in the season that we will batch them together. And we've got a lot to cover because we've got all of this. We've got um, we've got to talk about uh, now the the uh, European competitions this week. We want to preview those games. Um, and then also we want to get to everybody's favorite hashtag game, the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter. We've got two a- weeks worth, two weeks worth. Yeah, international break. So it's a uh, it's a double game week for our Who Won Calcio Twitter regulars, uh, you know, putting in the work, but only one prize. So um, which is the distinction of being named the winner. We don't really have a prize. So um, we do we, we save those for the uh, best of the season kind of stuff. So. All right. So um, are, are you I see you're not with the spotted cow anymore. Did you run yeah, out? No, no, we're back to Sunday night. So uh, I'm back on my water kick again. So. Oh, I've got the uh, Serie A sit-down tumbler, but I've got Spotted Cow in it. So, I got my Serie A sit-down t-shirt. Yep. Uh, so that's okay. I got some uh, some stuff going on. So. As do I in the uh, you know in the Milan colors. So, um, but let's jump into it. Uh, you know, five five important games here, very very early on in the season, Richard. And let's start with the big one on Saturday: Napoli and Juventus. Um, Napoli come away two one winners. Um, it was, uh, an interesting game, a uh, bit of an oopsie from Manolas to get things started. Uh, that led to an Alvaro Morata goal, uh, on, uh, 10 minutes, putting Juventus up by a goal to nil. I mean, and I think that flattered Juve big time because, uh, I mean, Napoli dominated this game. Uh, first half, they had 69% of the possession. They outshot Juve 10 to six, got a couple on target. Juve certainly, you know, had their chances going the other way. I think there was a uh, another, almost another near fatal error that, you know, Kuliszewski nearly pounced on that would have put Juve up 2-0. Um, so Napoli nearly beat themselves here, really, Richard. Um, then uh, second half, uh, the goals do come for Napoli. Uh, Chesney's forced into a save, I believe it was from Insigne, but uh, right into Matteo Politano, who's there to knock it home. Uh, making it 1-1. Uh, and then the winning goal here, Richard, a a corner kick and uh, the Juventus player. And yeah, we'll talk about Zombo here in a minute because yeah, he was a monster. Um, but uh, a Juventus player, I believe it was Ken, who had, ended up heading the ball back in the direction of Chesney. Chesney has to glove it out, but again, in the direction of Khalidou Koulibaly, who puts it away. You know, we kind of tease Chesney because he seems to be gifting these things to players, but I think these were two goals here that, you know, he had to, he had to make some important saves and it's just unfortunate that it fell to Napoli players instead of a Juve player that, that could make a clearance, but two, one to Napoli Spalletti and his charges getting a win overall dominated the game. I think deserved the three points here, Richard uh, 67% possession outshot Juve 25 to eight, um, you know, Chesney was forced to make a couple of other key saves in that game. This game really could have been uh, a much wider margin than it ended up being. Yeah, it certainly could have. And I think, you know, that, f- 
the first half was interesting. I mean, it's funny because before this game and before the before this weekend began, I did my I redid my top picks, uh, my top twenty predictions, right? And I this time I put Juventus actually out of the top four. And sure enough, Morata scores a goal early in the game. I'm like, oh, maybe I made a mistake on this one here. Uh, and you know, like you said, Manolas does what Manolas does occasionally and gave it away. His channeling his inner Fazio, former <laughs> partner at Roma, and uh, yeah, gave it away. Got a goal, and, and it did make Juve look better at that point. Um, Yes, Napoli owned the possession. They were probably a little bit better two teams. I was really unimpressed with either team, really, in that first half, I thought. Uh, but, as you mentioned, I think Napoli deserved deserved to win this, this game. They played very well. They had lots of opportunities. Uh, yeah, some errors by Chesney, as you mentioned, and, and, and Kane uh, to get that at the end, uh, to get the game-winning goal by Koulibaly. But, uh, yeah, it's um, a game I think Spalletti and his men fully deserve three points. And, uh yeah, I know uh, there were some fireworks between Spalletti and uh, Allegri after the game, but uh, we can talk about that after. But in terms of the game, three points fully deserved by Napoli. Sure. Um, and then uh, Ahmed Al-Sayed, Zambo was a monster. He's talking about Andre Zambo Angisa, who uh, got the start and played the full 90 uh, in a role protecting uh, Manolas and Koulibaly, working uh, from that midfield position, uh, winning tackles, winning the free ball, Um you know, helping them keep it a little bit. I mean, creating a couple of chances as well. Uh, I, I thought um, one of the better players on the pitch in this game for Napoli, I thought uh, Politano obviously very good. Uh, Fabian Ruiz, um, you know, we go from thinking that he's a Real Madrid player this season. We kind of talked about that back in March with Rafa uh, to he's still at Napoli and boy, are they glad to have him. Um I just, I, you know, and then we can talk about Zombo's performance, but I think it's a, a nod to that entire midfield. Elmas was probably a little shaky out of the three, um, but Fabian Ruiz was also just as important. Um, you know, the midfield doing well to, you know, provide some support for the defenders, but also to be able to link with the, connect with the forwards, you know, to create all of these chances that Napoli had in this game. Yeah, and I think really the big difference between these two teams was the midfield play. Uh, we saw Napoli playing so well, Zambo obviously having a fantastic game. That midfield played very well together, really frustrated Juventus, and they couldn't do anything in their midfield. Uh, I, I, many people were uh, tweeting saying maybe Locatelli is uh, regretting his decision going to Juventus. I don't know about that, but you know, the, the supporting cast around Locatelli weren't that great. And right. Juventus made they, they've never really had a superior midfield not in a long time since you know Pirlo and Pogba uh, graced the pitch, uh, and so it was covered up by all these different positions in the past, you know, defense, attack, whatever the manager, uh, but couldn't do it in this game. And Napoli took advantage of it. You knew they were going to hog the possession as they normally do, uh, but the midfield would just outrun and uh, nothing that, that they could do about Napoli. And you know, full credit to Napoli. I mean, it just that pickup by Zambo is, is huge, and then the, the players in the midfield doing their job, doing what it needed to uh, to create opportunities and you know get those two goals they got late in the in the second half. The absences for Juventus in this game were extremely Five. significant. Yep. Would that have made a difference? I mean, I, I have to lean, I have to lean that it might have. It might have. I don't think so overall. I, I I would I would imagine that the play by Napoli would even be raised even more. I, I do think Juventus those those five players were big players. Obviously, no doubt about it. Yep. Um, it would have made a much more tighter game. But I still think Napoli would have been the better team. I I have my worries about Juventus this season, especially since Ronaldo was gone. We talked about how he maybe carried the load for the team. Goals in particular, yes, I know Morata and Dybala will do a good good bit of that this year, but um, I think he masked a lot of issues that they had, and they're not quite there. And I think Napoli's 
ahead of them in the game so far. Yep. Allegri can fix a lot of that, but at present, I think Napoli have the head start on them. You know, they just all they did was basically change the manager, uh, and it was a pretty good manager at it. Yep. I, 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 let's uh, back up and, and talk about Locatelli. I, I just think this is a situation where it's going to take him a little bit of time. You know, a new, your new team, much higher expectations. Um, you know, not under the you know. Uh, you know, under a little bit more of a microscope now because this was a big move for Juventus. This was their their target all summer, you know. So with that's going to come some lofty expectations that Sassuolo, he could, you know, he, he didn't have a whole lot to lose and he could just go and he can play his football. When he came to Italy and when he had to stand in for Verratti, uh, you know, against Switzerland in, in the Euros, he had a very strong supporting cast around him, um, which gave him the freedom to play. He could play a lot more loose. Now, I think it's a it's a tighter environment for him, um, and I think that that's something that we're all overlooking. I mean, yeah, he he's talented. He you know no doubt about it. He's proven his his quality, but um, at Juventus, I think it's a you know he's under much more of a microscope. His performances are going to be under much more of a microscope. I don't think he was particularly terrible in this game. Um, I thought he was actually all right, but I you know it's 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 going to be a process with him and not something I think as the season goes on, you're going to see him be more influent influential for this UVA side. No, I, I agree about that. I think he's, he's going to be one of the, the better, if not the best midfielder by the end of the season. Uh, we've seen what his track record is both with the Azzurri and also with his, with Sassuolo in the past. And even if you want to go back to uh, Milan back in the day. So uh, yeah. he, he's going to take some time to adjust as any new player would. Uh, and so I think by the end of the season, he'll be doing well. I know the big question now is more about Chesney. Should he be in goal over Prairie as opposed to the midfield? I mean, obviously, midfield has their options, their issues. Yep. But um, Chesney, I mean, as soon as he dropped that ball, you knew all the haters you, or Chesney haters came out and was like, look, get him out of there. He sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm I'm with you. I think he didn't deserve as much hate as he, he received. Do you yep. agree? I, I, I agree. You know, I think that what else is he going to do? You know, I mean, could he have held on to it? Maybe. Yeah, in those two particular situations, I don't know if he could have held on to either. I mean, he's trying to just get the ball off the line on the on the uh, on the go ahead, and it just lands on Koulibaly. You know, um, might need to be an adjustment for these Juve players to, and and, and you got veteran guys there that probably have to understand. Okay, we have a goalkeeper that's not hanging on to much these days. We're going to have to work harder to win second balls. Uh, than we've normally been used to doing. And that's something that we're going to have to account for until he can find his form and get it back or, you know, unless Perrin comes in. So, you know, so there's a little bit of that going on too. So I I agree 100% with you because I think it's all about form at the moment. Every goalie goes through these yips where they just can't catch things for any reason. Hantanovic seems to be longer than most people. (laughs) Sure. But uh, even Donnarumma went through this. All the best goalkeepers go through this. And so Chesney is a good goalkeeper. I still think he's better than Perrin. Maybe maybe you should bring in Perrin right now while you have to work out the yips. I don't know. But just to abandon him and, and... Discard them all together like they did with Strakosha at Lazio. I don't think it's the way to go. Nope, nope, I agree. All right, Napoli 2, Juve 1. Um, I'm not pushing the panic button for Juve yet. They didn't put out a complete team sure. in this game. Um, I, I think that there's uh, – I don't think their story is told yet, and I don't think they've had everybody together. And and, and over time, Allegri's going to – I because of his track record, he's going to get this figured out. Um I can't see another outcome now. Do I think they're champions? Um, I haven't 
revised my top 20 yet since or I haven't revised my table. Uh, I'm hoping to do that this week. Um, I you told know, you they're out of my top four. Yep. You said that they're out of your top four. I just don't know. You know, it doesn't make for pretty reading that you're starting the season on one point and there's three teams on nine. Uh, three teams that you're going to be in direct contention with. But there's a long, long way to go. So, and there's history with uh, them starting this way and still winning the Scudettos. So, most definitely. Most you know, definitely. So don't panic just yet. Yep, I wouldn't. Uh, and if I'm a Juve fan, I wouldn't panic. But they got to start turning some results. they got to start winning some games. Malmo on Tuesday really needs to be used as a springboard. They've got to go and win that game. They've got to, and, and they've got to convince their supporters you know, that this is, that this is figured out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Atalanta Fiorentina, that was on Saturday night, uh, two, one win for La Viola. It was the battle of penalties, Vlaovic in the 33rd minute and 49th, uh, Duvan Zapata in the 65th minute. Um, a game that Atalanta, you know, had a little bit more of the possession outshot, uh, Fiorentina, uh, 13 to seven. Um, but Fiorentina, this is everybody's Seek this is everybody's sleeper this season. Um, you know, we talked about it on a preview, and then if you go around to all, all of the other podcasts and say, Yeah, they're all saying the same thing, and we're not we're not taking a victory lap for saying it first. We all you need to do is take a look at you know the landscape and you take a look at Fiorentini, you take a look at how they got structured, and a manager like Vincenzo Italiano coming on board, who I think is a very ideal fit you know, for the characteristics of the players that are on this Fiorentina team, it's not a surprise that they're finding that they're, that they're able to come in and get a result. They lost to Roma on match week one. And I actually thought they played really well against Roma um, and were, and, and were deserving to get something out of it. So um, let's, you know, way up Fiorentina right now. I, I, I think they're here to stay. We've been talking about them as a surprise. I said on the preview that it would not surprise me if they nip the traditional seven for one of those places, whether it's fifth, sixth, or seventh. Um, this year's Sassuolo? Yeah, yeah, this year's this year's Sassuolo. Yeah, most definitely. Where, you know, they're well managed, they've they've got quality, uh, and they've got they've got defenders. They've you know they've got Nikola Milenkovic. Um uh, you've got uh, Terracciano who had a great game in goal, made some big saves here today in this game on Saturday. So, you know, let's weigh up Fiorentina right now because I think that, you know, we 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 kicked around the idea of them being a surprise. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen here through these three games, I think it they might just be a little bit more than a surprise. And I, and I, I have to question whether they can be considered a surprise or a sleeper when everyone's picking them, right? It's like, oh, this is the obvious, not yep. the, the surprise, right? Uh, yeah, I think they're here for this. I think they're here to stay. I, I, you know, Vlahovic, we wanted to see if he would get better this year. I mean, what we saw in the Atalanta game, he did pretty well against Palomino, I thought. You know, pushing him, pushing him around a couple times as well. So, uh, you know, I like to see Vlahovic increase his, his goal opportunity, his goal goal scoring uh, prowess this year. Be a little bit more refined before he more than likely makes this a big move somewhere else. Hopefully within the league. Um, but yeah, this team is legit. I think uh, from front to back, they got a nice mix here. Vicenzo Italiano uh, is going to do very well at this club. I'm I'm all curious. Had they kept Gattuso, would they do as well? Than it would with Italiano. I think Atuso is good at making a team structured, strong, but I think Italiano can get a little bit extra out of them, I think. 
Um, but I think Fiorentina absolutely are here to stay. It just sure. uh, it's a fantastic team, and Nico Gonzalez. I'm excited to see him more and more as he yep. develops and the chemistry he builds with uh, with uh, Vlaovic. Yep, he didn't get in, and no, yeah, I'm excuse me, he came in, uh, played the last 15 minutes of this particular game. Um, Atalanta. I mean, a rocky bit of a rocky start, but we we kind of seen this from Atalanta at the beginning of these seasons. All of a sudden, when you've got Europe on the table as well, where you've got to navigate, you know, playing every three days, and then all of a sudden, once they get through that first, that that group stage, you know, you see them get into December and you see them go on a run, and they're working their way back up the table because they're not playing as often. So, you know, this is one of those where. You know, I think they should have gotten something out of it. I mean, I'll, I'll praise Fiorentina for their performance and for getting three points at a difficult place to get three points. But, you know, it's an Atalanta team that's that's performing the way that you would expect of them. Uh, just currently at this point in time, just not getting the results. A win, a draw, and a loss uh, through three. And the win uh, over Torino was a shaky one. Uh, they could have even dropped points there. Yeah, it's uh, a very uncharacteristic uh, Atalanta squad right now. They're not playing very well. As you mentioned, usually begin the seasons, especially now, lately with the Champions League. That's been their main focus in the beginning. They want to do well there after their horrid start a few years ago. Uh, and so you kind of expect them to be slow. And I, I would I would think by now that Gasparini would figure out a way to start out hot and in both leagues. But uh, obviously, that's not the case. And yeah, they've played some pretty de- pretty decent opponents so far. But it's not been Atalanta. You've seen flashes and glimpses here and there. Sure. Uh, but not for consistent 90. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be slow to start off. If they can stay with the big boys, the top seven, uh, for you know through the group stages, then you're going to look out. I mean, I, I don't imagine them to drop too much. They're still a very good squad. Uh, they made some nice moves. They had a really good Mercato, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's not the most ideal start for Atalanta fans. The rest of the league, they're probably like, okay, let's take advantage of it now. And this is where you want to really pounce on them when you get the opportunity. Yep, for sure. Um, Sampdoria and Inter uh, started off on Sunday morning. Uh, worldy of a free kick uh, by Federico Di Marco uh, in the 18th minute goal of the week candidate uh, for sure. Uh, they're crediting Maya Yoshida for the uh, equalizing goal in the 33rd minute. I, you, some could say that could have been an own goal. Um, Lautaro Martinez, 44th minute, uh, another goal of the week candidate. Wonderful volley. Uh, big fan in particular of Jekyll's run in that buildup. I mean, Barella had the ball, was charging with it. But if you wa- go back and watch, uh, both center backs for Sampdoria just show way too much respect for Aiden Jekyll. They see his run, which is kind of cutting across in front of Barella, and both of them drifted that way. And Lataro did what strikers should do. He said, "Okay, you guys are going to go there. You're going to face the ball over there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to find a space and drift." And Barella found him beautifully. Uh, well worked goal uh, to make it two one. And then it was Algello uh, with another goal of the week candidate played in by Barashinsky in the 47th minute, uh, making it two two. But Fiorentina could have gotten something out of this game, could have gotten a win out of this game. This this could have been a loss for Inter, and this is why... Sampdoria, this, not Fiorentina, right? Sampdoria, yeah. No, uh, yeah, Sampdoria. They they could have gotten a win out of this game. Um, And this, is, this was exactly a fixture like this, and a game like this is exactly why I was not as wowed by Inter's start in their first two games. Um, 
you know, as most people were. I mean, they hammered Genoa 4-0. We talked about how Balladini's tactics might not be as effective with a goalkeeper like Sirigu as it was for Perrin. And then a Hellas Verona team that's now just all over the place and going to get worse. Um, you know, so I wasn't I wasn't buying them yet. And this and and this game here affirms my belief that I don't think I don't think they're this juggernaut. They have a ton of quality. They are the defending champs. They reinforced nicely, but I'm not there with I was not on the hype machine, you know, through the first two games. Inter. Uh this is exactly why we we didn't get all in on them after the first two match weeks. You're on you're on mute. <laughs> Uh, international break. You still got to get the rust out of here, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. No. Like I was trying to say, uh, we knew that this game against Sampdoria was going to be a difficult game, a trap game. Uh, many people underestimating how good Sampdoria are this season, and you know, we, we, the first two games, like you mentioned, wasn't a really good way to evaluate how good Inter or how good they're not um, compared against the opponents. This would be a better test to see where they really line up. Uh, we all imagine that they have a really good squad, a strong squad that's going to contend for the Scudetto this year again. But um, how good are they? Are they ready? There Are they there yet? You know, with Inzaghi, it's going to be some trials and tribulations early on. Uh, Sampdoria, they've come out the gate pretty well. They had that tough loss to uh, Milan, and many people are questioning Milan. But all of a sudden, Sampdoria, the rest of the, the next couple of games, they played very well. And so you're like, okay, wait, maybe they're going to be the surprise this season. And so they gave... They gave Inter all they could handle on this one, and they nearly got the win, as you mentioned. Um, very well could have got one if it wasn't for uh, some great defending. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting with Inter. I still think they're a very good squad. I think some of the pieces they brought in at the very yeah. end um, are going to be fit beautifully, but it's going to take time. And are they there yet? Not quite, but they're going to be in the mix for a while until they get ready. Uh, we saw this last year where they were they struggled for a little bit in the early onset, and all of a sudden, when they started playing well, they just blew everybody away. Sure. I don't know if they're going to blow anybody away this year, but look out for them. It's still early on, and they're still scoring goals. Um, they just got to work on that defending, which is one of the best in Europe. Let's let's be honest. So, yep. And this is a Sampdoria team. I mean, first of all, Ferrero had. Ferrero had to have uh, pissed off somebody in the scheduling department to open with <laughs> Milan at home at Sassuolo and then Inter at home. Um, but nonetheless, they come out of it with two points and probably could have gotten a little bit more. Where I'm interested with Sampdoria is Mikkel Damsgaard had a great Euros for Denmark. You've got Antonio Candreva, who's a veteran in this league and will, you know, starts crossing the ball before he even gets off the bus. Um, the fullbacks are decent, Barashinsky and Augello. Um, you know, Emil Odero can either be brilliant or he can be awful. Um, it doesn't seem like there's an in-between with him. But where I get intrigued with Sampdoria is, you know, you got Qualiarella still there. They've got a collection of strikers that um, – and attacking players. And it was Caputo who started up front with – Quadrella this time, and then you have Tori Grossa, you have Vera, you have you have some of these other guys here. You also uh, in midfield the Hatteran. I mean, there's this is a Sampdoria team that I think is a top half team. Um, I don't rate them the way I rate Fiorentina at this point, but if they can, if if Diversa can get these forwards to gel, and if they can get things done, and with the crossing ability of players like Domsgaard, of Augello. Ogie- um, 
Candreva. Uh, there's worthy, experienced goal scoring forwards that they're going to play balls into. And if they get this thing figured out, this is a Sampdoria team that's going to be capable of scoring quite a few goals. Yeah, of all the teams that I uh, juggled around in my, in my updated predictions after Mercato, Sampdoria made the biggest change for me. Um, I, what I saw from the first couple, the first few games that this is, team is be- much better than we expected. I got them as high as 10th. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're going to be good this year. Like you mentioned, the cast of characters that they have. Oh, by the way, they picked up Caputo at the very end. Uh, sensational pickup there. I mean, him and, and, and Quarela, they could do some special things together, possibly. With everybody else they got, they also got Gabidini and some others. So um, it is going to be a, uh, a good team to watch, I think, this year. Um, Deversa, if yeah, he doesn't screw things up, I think this is going to be a, a legit team that's going to mess up a lot of teams. We saw they did with the Inter already. They nearly mm-hmm. did it to Milan. Um, yeah, look out for Sampdoria this season, for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, Milan and Lazio, two uh, nil to the Rossoneri. That was a this was a, uh, a highly anticipated game, um, and I mean, it, it, Milan's probably walking out of this figuring out how do we not score four or five against these guys uh, with the way they performed. They were on the counterattack was outstanding. Uh, they had things running through Brahim as as they've as they've done through the first couple of games. Um, you had. Some very nice combination play. Rebic was outstanding in his day. When I saw Rebic starting at striker, uh, I was, let's just say I was concerned. <laughs> but, you know, he came through well. He did very well on the Leao goal, um, you know, unselfishly playing Leao back after uh, after he was played in. Um, and then also the the beautiful ball going across for Ibrahimovic um, and uh making it a 2-0, so two assists for him. The layout goes a goal of the week candidate. Ibra back in the game, getting on the score sheet. Uh, a Milan right now that through three games has only conceded one goal. Who's who's this Donnarumma guy that supposedly Milan were going to miss? Back up somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. Uh, Milan looked good. Many people were, were wondering how they would look with Romagnoli back in the lineup without Chiara there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some, some, some conspiracy theorists were saying he's going to throw the game because he's a Lazio boy. Like, come on. He's a professional. Yep. He's the captain. He's not going to do that. Uh, the back line looks solid. I think Anthony said a great point. It's like, yeah, the back line looks very solid today. Only gave up seven shots. Right. Uh, you saw what Lazio did in the first two games. You saw what Milan gave up in that game. They, they gave up nothing in that game, basically. Uh, Calabria looking world-class, almost. Uh, he's very good so far. I mean, he looked he, the this defending he was making just without even going on the ground. He was making some great tackles. Yep. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see what he does this season. He's gonna be. He should be starting for the Azzurri, in my opinion. We'll see if that happens. But uh, yeah, the, the team looked good, really good actually. I mean, there's very little bad that the, that Milan had. They looked uh, excellent early on. Uh, really stifled Lazio. They had only a few opportunities, and Mike Magnon came up big in, the, in those opportunities. Um, the midfield. Tonali, many questions about him. Him and Kessier, yep. bosses in that midfield. Yep. Sergei Milikovic-Savic was in Kessie's pocket all game long. Immobile in, in Romagnoli's pocket all game long. It's It was just a, a great team effort. You know, Rebic and Leao really worked well together. I was I was skeptical when I saw them two uh, starting in this one, and many guys like Salamakar starting on the bench. But it worked out. And like mm-hmm. that goal you mentioned, the goal we candidate by Leao, I think he did excellent on the run to find Rebic. Rebic found him again, and... Yeah, it just, it just everything's working at the moment. They're not missing Chalanolo at, at whatso bit, and uh, yeah, it's uh, things are looking good for Milan at the moment. Not so much for Lazio. Yeah, um, 
and again, this was another classic example that I wasn't uh, as high on Lazio. I mean, they beat a Spezia team that isn't going to sit back against anybody. I mean, they opened the season against Empoli and Spezia, two teams that are going to be in a relegation battle, you know, and they scored nine goals in the process and, you know, and, and good on them to it, but they conceded goals. There's, there's some issues you're, you're taking, you know, you're, you're still talking about a tactical shift from what Lazio used to be to what they're going to be under Saudi. Um, and fine, they're going to win games against teams that they're supposed to win against. But now when it comes to playing against some of these tougher opponents, you know, it's not going to be the case. There's going to be more challenges. There's going to be more issues in trying to get some things sorted out. Um, and that's where I'm at with Lazio right now. I Lucas Leva is way past it uh, as well. Were you shocked? So we saw how Sadibal, it looked like Sadibal the first two games for Lazio. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised how much possession Milan had against Lazio and Sadibal? I That's what shocked me. I think out of everything in this game, the fact that Milan dominated them so much, the, the ball, as opposed to Lazio, I thought it would be the other way around. I thought Milan would have to sit back and play on the counter, and it was the opposite. Uh, were you Were you surprised by that or not at all? Lazio had more of the ball in the first half at 57%. Uh, second half, it was a 50-50 split in possession. So, yeah, clearly. But, but Milan, in their 43%, outshot Lazio 13-2 to two in the first half. So it wasn't – yeah. Yeah, so I think the optics made you think that Milan had the ball a lot more than they did. They didn't. Um, it's a Lazio that's still trying to figure – I think it's a Lazio that's still trying to figure out the ideas. Um, and I don't think that um, – I don't think that they're a finished product under Saudi. And we talked about this. It's probably going to take weeks before they're going to be. Um, But this is what you got to do. If you're a good team, if you're going to be a title contender, you're playing against a fellow, you know, top four uh, European contender that, you know, is going through a little bit of a transition. You've got to take advantage of that and get the three points now, beat them when you can. So, um, so you saw that happen. You saw, um, you know, solid defensive play, as the chat was talking about. Tonali and Cassie as a partnership was really good. Um, I mean, I thought it was a it was a relatively complete performance for the Rossinetti, and and it deserved three points. Um, you know, but but Lazio, it's it's going to be kind of a growing pains. These are this is exactly what you're going to see. I mean, the biggest thing, Milan kept Immobile to just one shot. Romagnoli, Tomori, yep. yep. Outstanding performance uh, when you're doing that against a guy that. Now that one shot was pretty good. It was yeah. Like Magnon came up big, but one shot. Mm-hmm. And Immobile has been scoring against Milan in the last I don't know how many three four games in a row. He has been crazy. So I was for sure thinking he was going to get his get his goals this today, and he did not. Uh, great performance by the defense there. And uh, how how good does it feel for once as as a as a Milan fan to you get Tonali and Kessie starting both played great. Kessie comes off. You bring in Bakayoko. He played well for the couple minutes he was in, and then he got injured. And then you, oh, by the way, let's bring in Benacer. Uh, it's nice to have that depth now. You know, before you probably last year, the year before, you really didn't have that depth. Now you're starting to get that depth. Tonali is really starting to come into his own and give you even more options. Options at midfield and center back are going to be key going down to Champions League as well because you got some big games coming up on the horizon for Milan if you're looking at Champions League. So, um, yeah, Milan's looking good. Lazio, I'm not worried about them just yet, but no. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to take time for Sadi Ball to develop. It, the chemistry's got to go there. A new style, though it's attacking, formation is similar. It's the, the technique and, and the 
tactics are completely different yeah. uh, to what Inzaghi did. So it'll take time. But I think Lazio have the players. We've seen glimpses in those first two games where you know SMS can find Lazzari on the runs or Immobile is going to get his goals. They'll be there, but it's going to take time against the bigger opponents who have seen this before. Yep, for sure. And we had at wise old BHJ ask us what is different about Pioli at Milan. Just found his niche, personal growth. Like to hear y'all dive into this a bit if you can. So let's talk about Pioli because we, you know, in all of his other stops, what do we say? He has a shelf life, you know, and he, you know, Fiorentina, he had to navigate a really, really hard situation when Davide Astori passed away, Um, you know, and got Fiorentina through that time. They continued to play. They never got into the ascendancy under Pioli, you know, the way the Della Valle family would have liked, um, you know, so things didn't work out and they parted ways. And I think that there was, when the ownership, when Comiso took over, did he just, did, did Comiso move forward with a different manager or was Pioli already out the door before Comiso stepped in? I'm trying to remember that. I think I think he was already out the door before Comiso stepped I, in. I think he was, but I can't remember. So maybe somebody in the chat knows the answer to that. I know Chloe Beresford would know the answer to that. So... Um, you know, but Lazio years and years ago when he got them into the Champions League and then they got knocked out in the playoff to Bayer Leverkusen and then, you know, they stumbled through the first part of the season and then he got sacked and then Inter, he gave them a little burst and then they petered out and he got sacked. And then, you know, Fiorentina was just, they, they never made the next, they never achieved the next level with him. Um, your thoughts on your, your your take? I got my take on Pioli. I just I want to hear yours first. And you and I think Lisa are one of the few guys who are pro Pioli in when he first came in, right? Um, I think I think everything you said is spot on. I think it also is a little bit that every manager, not every manager, many managers find their niche at point at some point. They just find a team that just works out perfectly with them. They're what they're what they're trying to convey to the team is actually understood and be able to uh, repli- uh, replicate it replicated on the field. I should say um, this is a young team, and I, I think Milano Miguel brought this up uh, on Twitter. It's a young team, and they're taking everything that he's saying. You taking the development that Kiar and and Zlatan's leadership, and all this confluence of events is this perfect storm for Milan. We saw them with their huge winning streak that they had last a couple seasons ago or season and a half ago. Um, yeah, they had some downfalls at the end of the season, but overall, they didn't break. They bent, but they didn't break. Right. Uh, this team is very strong mentally. They got some good leadership there. Obviously, you know, guys like Calabria, who came up to the Primavera, um, having R- Romagnoli back healthy. You got a strong squad, a, a strong rotation of center backs there. It's uh, it's just a perfect storm for Pioli, and I think maybe he's finally found his team. The, the true test, if he's really truly out of this rut that he's been in his career, is if they Milan get punched in the face this year and how they overcome adversity. Yep, they got a hell of a group in Champions League. They're gonna have some tough stretches. Uh, this next month is gonna be difficult for Milan. Yep, when they get punched in the face, how do they overcome it? Can they overcome it? That's gonna be the key. If they do, I think Pioli's overcome that that uh, that label he's been given, and I think this is the team that for him. No matter how long he stays, I think this is is a great fit for him at the moment. They're gonna. Here's why they'll overcome it. He has a lot of help. Um, he has Ibrahimovic, Giroud, um, Kiar, guys that have been through it. You know, and I think that that's that's significant um, when you have veteran players and now Florenzi, who is you know has been in some some pretty high profile stuff. Um, 
that's that's significant. You know, when you have that in your dressing room, you know, has he had veteran players with these other clubs in the past? Sure, he has. You know, I, I don't know if he's still the manager at Milan without um, without ownership making those moves that January to bring Kiar, to bring Ibrahimovic. At the time, Begovic was brought in on loan to be a backup, to bring in experienced players, to bring in veterans that can, you know, that can walk the young players through these situations and how to conduct themselves professionally, what to do when adversity hits, how to manage yourself through things. Um, so I think that that's been, I think that that's been just as critical. So, and yeah, I think that Pioli just finally found a place where he could hang his hat. He, he, he probably learned from all of his other stops. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I was very much on board with Milan signing, uh, hiring Pioli after they sacked Jim Paolo. Um, I said, we need a manager. So um, we don't need to bring in a retread, uh, you know, another Milan player and, and, and use this as their first job. We, we need experience. We need a guy that's kind of, you know, that, and a guy like Pioli who probably looks at this and say, Hey, this is last chance saloon for me. As far as a high profile club is concerned, I've got to get it done here. Uh, or else it's, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to manage a tradition, you know, a top six, top seven club, uh, in Italy, uh, from here on out. And I'll be dealing with provincial sides and trying to figure out how to survive and, and things like that. So, yeah. And it's, it's a complete opposite of what Sadi has going on over on the, across the bench, right? At Lazio. Uh, if he gets out of the job at Lazio, there's still going to be teams calling for him. He's proved it at yep. the highest levels, Europa League, sure. uh, English League, Juventus. So it's a different situation there. And But I think, yeah, Pioli's possibly got his final, you know, with personal growth and finally got his right team. It's just the right combination at the moment. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for the guy, obviously, as a Milan supporter, but also, you know, as in a personal level to see him finally succeeding somewhere. It's really great to see. And, yeah, uh, you know, talk about Lazio real quick I think um don't underestimate them just yet I think we've, we've talked about it many times they still got a lot of good players there it's still a good core there their midfield is still going to be ridiculous I think Leva is maybe not the answer but SMS Luis Alberto they're beasts yep. they're going to get their goals they're going to get their assists this year uh the team is the team is pretty good I think it's yeah. so um, they'll be in the European conversation. Where exactly to be determined? Yeah, but I I'm, think it's a strong team. I agree. Uh, I just I think there's a transformation going on over there, and there's some things that that that, that need to be adapted to that is going to take some time. Um, Roma two, Sassuolo one, Cristante in the 37th minute. Uh, Juricic, um see that move by Berardi. Uh, on the way to assisting that, nicely done. Broke his ankle. Yes, he did. Uh, but then it was a uh, Stefan El Sharawi goal in the 91st minute to get the three points for Roma. Notable Rui Patricio with six saves uh, in the win. Uh, you know, so telling you, hey, Sassuolo had some chances to get something out of this. Th- played three, one, three under Jose Mourinho. Um, on the one end, yeah, there's some there's some spine to them now. Um, Patricio coming up big to preserve the win against Sassuolo, to preserve the win against Fiorentina. Salernitana, they had a little bit of a laugher against. Um, I think I, I want, I'm interested to get what you think of Roma at this point under Mourinho through three games. I think it's a, I think it's incomplete. I think it's an unfinished product. I think that 
Sassuolo and Fiorentina are games they could have dropped points. They found a way to win. But maybe that might be the sign of this team figuring this out and now having a mentality that (laughs) gets them over the hump and they're finally starting to win these games that traditionally they've dropped. Yeah, maybe, right? Uh, you got a little bit of NFL here in the background here. I'm going to quote a little Denny Green. They are who we thought they were, right? Um, I, I thought this is going to be an improvement under Mourinho, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I love their midfield last year. The rest of their team was skeptical to me, uh, including the goaltender. Um, they brought in Rui Patricio, who had a man-of-the-match performance in this game against Sassuolo. Defense is getting better. The attack's obviously going to be better now um, with, with Tammy Abraham it's going to be a better product overall. Very much like Lazio, they're, they're cross-city rivals. It's going to take time to get to where Mourinho wants them to be. Right. Um, they're going to have glimpses. We saw a couple times where they just look brilliant and look fantastic. Other times, not so much, right? Tassuolo could have very easily won this game. If not for Rui Patricio at the end of the game, big game-saving big game saving block. And I end up going to the other end and then El Sharawi scoring. I mean, this could, could be a different result. We could be talking differently here, but... Um, yeah. So far, I'm okay with what they're doing. I, I thought that uh, the midfield would carry them through so far, and they kind of really have. Um, and, you know, I think it'll take some time before they start hitting their stride. I, they're definitely European contenders. Are they Champions League or are they Europa League? That's the same thing with Lazio. It's to be determined. Um, I know when I made some predictions about somebody had a tweet about who are the best goalkeepers in, in, in Serie A. And, you know, two goalkeepers I kept out of that conversation was Mike Magnon and Rui Patricio because they were unproven in Serie A. Yeah. What I think we saw today against Sassuolo is that Rui Patricio is a very good goalkeeper. He's going to be one of the best goalkeepers this year. Uh, fantastic performance by him. And I, 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 like this, I like this Roma squad. Maybe, as you mentioned, this is going to get them over the hump. They're going to have some spine now when they get punched in the face. They can keep going on. Uh, but maybe not. We'll see. Uh, good win, good result against Sassuolo, who's going to be a good team again this year. Uh, Dionisi is going to be, uh, I think, a, a sleeper in terms of managers this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Roma is a, a strong, strong team who can only get better. 31 total shots in this game. Um, just just end-to-end stuff. And, yeah, you know, Sassuolo could have gotten something out of it. Is it – you know, they, 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 they lose here to Roma. They draw – Goal is draw with Sampdoria. They won on the opening week. Um, I had I had it up who they played against. Um, Hellas Verona. Yeah, they won three two. Um, they're going to continue to be under Dionisi. They're going to be continue to be as productive, continue to be as threat. They got so much attacking power. Ahmed's making the point about Raspadori and Skamaka. I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if you can make that work. Um, I'm Skamaka I, had a goal today. It was taken away offside, yep. but it was a great goal. I still think they rotate with with. I still like the rotation with Berardi, Juricic, and Boga uh, yeah. playing behind Some them. Great players. So if you're behind, then yeah, I, I see throwing one on and taking off. Uh, you know, a Fratesi or a or a or a Maxim Lopez or even. Even one of your, if you want to throw, if you want to throw off a Juricic, because I think that there's just so much creativity in those three. And Triori is going to be starting by the end of the season. He is that good of a yes. player. Uh, this they've got some options offensively, and it's going to be hard for Skamaka to get in there. I agree. It's yep. it's, it's going to be tight. Yep, it's a good options if you're Dianisi. Oh, it's it's uh, there's still an embarrassment of riches there. Uh, we'll uh, can we stay on Sassuolo real quick? Because yeah. I'm 
all game long, I'm watching this game. This is a great matchup, by the way, Roma Sassuolo. And I'm thinking, why the heck is Ferrari starting in, in defense when you got Khan Ayan sitting on the bench? Ferrari has been doing okay thus far, but all game long, I'm like, he's he's making mistakes. He's going to cost them a game. And sure enough, he cost them the game-winning goal, uh, basically feeding it to El Sharawi. Yeah. Um, I don't understand that. I think I think if they can figure the defense out and stop leaking in so many goals, they're going to be a pretty good team. Um, but Ferrari, for me, is not the answer defensively. Um, Chidiches did really well today, but I, I Ferrari, I question whether he should be a starter. What are your thoughts on Ferrari? Ion might have been. Was it? An, there might be like an injury issue, if they're trying to bring him back. Could have been, but I feel like Ferrari had the starts in every other game. This, this yeah, because I would, I would rate. I, I'm with you. I would rate Ion over over Ferrari for sure. Um, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, there, there might have been something, or there might have been something with training. You never know when when these managers are making these selections. There's things going on behind closed doors that we don't know about. So, but no, I'm I'm with you. If if Ion's fully fit, the partnership should be Chidiches and Ion. Um, so we shall, you know, we'll see if that corrects itself over time here, uh, for Sassuolo. So, um, but an abundance of attacking talent, you just go look at their bench. Defrel's a veteran in this league. Um, I mean, they're in priority to your point. So, um, they certainly got the goods going forward. It'll be, uh, be interesting to see what they can do here now that I think the schedule starts to loosen up for them a pretty, you know, they did, they had the trip to Hellas Verona at the beginning of the season. Uh, home against Torino is going to be good, uh, for them when they play that is on Friday. Um, and then they're at Atalanta and then they host Salernitana and then they host Inter, which is a fixture that they've been very successful with. So, um, you know, in the past, so we'll see time will tell with Sassuolo, but I I think they're still going to be hanging around there for a little bit. I just, I, I think some changes, you know, change in management, some deficiencies defensively, Fiorentina getting better. Timmy's is going to keep Sassuolo, you know, a little further back. I don't, I don't think they reach eighth like they did last season. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you there. All right, on we go. We have the other. We have four other games here, Richard. Four other games. Yeah, let me get into them here. Uh, I'll b- batch them here. So Empoli hosting Venezia, uh, relegation six pointer maybe. Eh? Uh, goal scoring will start early. Henry, Henry, Henri, whatever you want, however you want to say it, uh, scores goal thirteenth minute, gives Venezia the lead, and then a goal of the week candidate Okareke in the sixty eighth, basically a coast to coast goal, wonderfully taken there by him. Two nothing Venezia. Looks like they're gonna pull away from Empoli. Empoli do get a penalty in the eighty ninth through Barami. Uh, it makes it two to one, but that would just be consolation. Venezia walk away, big three points on the road there. Uh, moving on, we got another, this. This is an entertaining game here. Cagliari hosting Genoa. Uh, two teams, or at least one, you know, two teams who we're not sure if they're going to be in a relegation mix or, or solid mid-table teams. Uh, goal scoring started through uh, in the 16th minute. There was a penalty. I think it was Kate Balde taken down in the box. Joe Pedro would convert the penalty, make it one nothing. Um, that's how it would go into halftime, coming out of the break. Cipatelli would get a goal off a corner kick, uh, make it 2 nothing. Looks like Cagliari got easy-peasy game. No, just three minutes later, Destro, goal of the week candidate to header in the 59th. Uh, Fares in the 69th would make it 2-2. And in the 78th, uh, a lovely goal by him. A 3-2 Genoa with an impressive three goals uh, in a row to take the win from Cagliari. Uh, did not see that coming after it was uh, after they were down two nothing. But uh, well done to Genoa and Ballardini's men. Uh, going over to Spezia hosting Udinese. 
I thought maybe we'd see some goals in this game, just considering you know, Spezio's involved and the way Udinese has been playing. They've certainly been one of the surprise teams of the season so far. This is a very tightly contested match. Uh, yeah, Udinese ha- had the better team. I love their jerseys in this game, by the way, hmm. by Udinese. Uh, but you know, it went, it went back and forth for a while. It looked like we was going to have a stalemate. And it wasn't until the 89th minute uh, when a Bundesliga player, Samarcic, came in, scored a lovely goal. Well, well, good footwork in the box to get to get his shot. Uh, one nothing Udinese just quick way with the win. And uh, oh, look now the the Zabrette are the top four of the table, I think, or maybe I don't know if that happened after the Roma game. But uh, yeah. Doing they're very fifth, well they're fifth now, yeah. Fifth. fifth. Okay, so the Roma bumped him out. Uh, and then rounding out my games, uh, Torino, Salernitana. Torino's been looking decent so far. Uh, Salernitana's going to make you look that much better, right? They're they're looking they're struggling very mightily at the beginning so far. Uh, goal scoring to start in the 45th minute. Sanabria, goal of the week, Cannon to Dare. Lovely header there. If you like that header, Bremer's header was more powerful, even better, I thought. Uh, in the 65th, make the 2 nothing. Uh, and then, you know, former Milan player Pobega gets a goal in the 87th, makes it 3-0. And then Lukic, to wrap it all up, puts a poker in there in the first minute, just stoppage time. 4-0, Torino blast, Salernitana, who look like they're apparently ready for Serie B already. Uh, and then that's, that was all the four games that I had, because uh, Bologna Halas are on Monday night. Uh, and so that's going to be an interesting game there. But yeah, of those four games, Frank, uh, where do you want to start? Uh, you had goals all around. I'm curious where you want to start with this one. I, I I think that um, uh, first of all, it's I mean Venezia Alcareki is a player that I rep, made made mention of in our preview um, as a signing for Venezia. I I, I like this potential. Just the little bit I watched of games with Club Bruges when I'm watching Champions League games, um, and uh, he scored a man's goal today. Um, or I mean on Saturday. Um, so a lot of pace, a lot of power really can cause some problems, you know, and uh, this is going to be, these are the kind of things that are going to be Empoli's downfall. I mean, I think they're very attractive to watch going forward. They're going to generate their chances. Um, Andrea Zoli has them playing an attractive game. I think defensively, for some reason, they're deficient. And that's kind of interesting to me because I thought Vicario had some good performances as a goalkeeper when he was with Cagliari last season. Uh, when called upon, I thought that that would be, you know, you know, something that he could go to Empoli. He could probably, you know, provide something for him there. Uh, but it was an important three points for Venezia. You know, I said on the preview, I was just, I was going to be the romantic one. I'm going to say Venezia survives. Um, and right now, they will. right now they're out of the drop. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, right now they're out of the drop. Uh, Spezia has to be absolutely kicking themselves. How did they not get something out of this game? I mean, did you see some of the combination play that they had yeah. dancing they around Udinese? They didn't, look, they didn't look like a relegation team. And I got to say, I'm, I'm wrong about Silvestri. I thought that going from Musso to Silvestri would actually be a drop-off for Udinese, and he came up big. He made six big saves in this game um, you know, and, per, and, and, and made it uh, made it 1-0. Yeah. Um, do you think what do you guys think of Salernitana signing Ribery? Do you think that can help them stay up? No. Um I like and, and you know what, Ribery Short had an outstanding no. career. The problems aren't with what they do going forward. Their problems are defensively. I mean, the the Roma game and the Torino game, they're just all over the place. They're beaten on set pieces, they're beaten in the air right now. Um, you know, I I don't see what Ribery does. They know 
if Salernitana move on, and I think that I think it was Salernitana's manager that I predicted would get the sack first, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, and that could be a reality uh, for Fabrizio Castori as things as, as as things seem to appear. They got Simi, right? They do. I would love to see what Ribery and Simi could do, but to your point, I agree. I think stopping goals is going to be their issue this year, not yeah. scoring goals. Uh, they didn't address that one, one bit whatever, and you know they're going to have to play park the bus style and hope they can get them on the counter. They have to find a manager in the mold of a but and, and, and even Ballardini because I don't think they have a good goalkeeper there at Salernitana. Not not when you think of some of the other, you know, but somebody in that vein because I you know they play a three man defense. All right. And I do like their wingbacks, um, you know, when they go forward, Catrita uh, uh, and Ruggeri. Um, they can provide service. Um, but there's a there's a real problem here with this back three. Uh, I see Ricardo Galliolo, who, you know, last seen making a mess of things at Parma. Um, Stromberg. I thought we lost you there for a minute. <laughs> so, uh, um, but you're you're on mute again. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop muting myself. How about that? I was trying to focus in on you while muting myself, and I just fucked the whole thing up. So, uh, yeah, just some things are best to be just left alone, right? <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm rambling. Salernitana's problems are defensively, and right now they're just so all over the place. Um, you know, conceding eight goals in their last two games. Um, who did I not talk about yet? And Cagliari. Wow. Cagliari's a mess. Um, at home, 2-0 up. You should go on. I mean, we've seen Cagliari teams go on and, and close that out. Or maybe even go and get a third. But of all teams, Genoa should not be coming from behind 2-0 down uh, against, you know, against you. Um, you know, I think what triggered it was... Destro scoring so quickly after Cepatelli scored. Um, and then Fada is coming on and, and making a contribution and, and, and playing really well. So the, Genoa for me, I think is still, I don't think this tells, I don't think this tells the story. Genoa certainly, I still think Genoa is a team in trouble. Um, I was going to ask you just, I was like, cause we saw what they did against Inter completely shit show for nothing. They lost. And in this game, they had looked like they had spine and came back and you know from two nothing down and won the game. Which yeah. team is it really? I, I I agree with you. I think it's more the 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 former where they yeah play really bad. But yeah, and they just found a way to grab three points. And I think that this is more of an indictment on Cali right now. Um, losing, uh, you know, I mean, they fell behind two 0 to Spezia too to come and then had to come back and get a point out of that. I mean, this is not a very impressive start for Cali, and it's a real shame because there's some talent on that team. Um, Martin had an had the assist on Cepatelli's goal on the corner. That's a guy that we've talked about here and and said, you know, something ever happened to Calgary, Martin would be a player that would not have a hard time finding work. Uh, staying has done it in City A before, so he has a good pickup. You know, Joao Pedro has been there forever. You know, the, the you know the quality's there. Uh, so it's just kind of head scratching. It's you know maybe we can just chalk it up to a bad start at this point, but. Yeah, it's. I, I, I don't think this solves any problems for Genoa. I think that they found a way to get back and, you know, and, and, and get three big points here. But I still think they're going to struggle as this season progresses. Um, 
Going back to the Empoli-Venezia matchup, I think what frustrated me is that what we've seen so far from Empoli has been attractive football. Looks like they, they're not playing City B style. They're playing City mm-hmm. A. They're, they're trying to step up their game. And then what we saw in the Venezia matchup is like almost like, like hey, we're back at City B with another City B team. Let's just play how we played last year, and it didn't work out. Right. Um, it's it's head scratching to me. I'm I'm gonna take that as a blip on the radar. I still think of the three promoted teams are the best one, but in this game, it looked like Venezia was the better of the, the better of the three. So well, you know, we'll see. Um, their their kits obviously are are beautiful thing to look at. Uh, but um, yeah, Empoli their start in this one is a little head scratching. And I'm gonna put pay close attention to them here going forward. So uh, yeah, yeah. And Torino, this game you talk about Torino coming up as Torino's playing. Uh, who are they playing? Sassuolo, right on Friday. Is that for, yeah? That's Friday. That's going to be a tasty game there because Torino's you know they found a way to score Sanabria and you know Belotti. How, how are they going to perform together? Um, Sassuolo's still obviously good. It's going to be goals in that game. It should be goals. If I don't see six goals, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> you know, and and I think this is a Torino side that you know, I mean played they opened with Atalanta and Fiorentina and played bravely in both of those games I think that uh, they maybe see they they gave up a little bit more to Fiorentina but they took the game to Atalanta um and outshot them 21 to 7 and were unlucky not to come away with a point Fiorentina I think they were outplayed probably deserved to lose that game and now they finally you know blast off here against Salernitana so yeah we'll see what Torino's made of if under even Jodic they're going to be ready to you know, take a jump forward here, um, or if Sassuolo can kind of continue to keep them at bay. And I'm going to slightly disagree with Anthony's comment here that uh, Jao Pedro is Cagliari's only attacking threat. In this game, he certainly was, but mm-hmm. I think they're actually a pretty, pretty not deep team, but they're a good team. Obviously, Jao Pedro, we talked about Keita Balde, uh, Razvin Maranda, you talked about. Uh, Chipotle's going to get his goals every now and then, but he's not a threat whatsoever. Yeah. Diego Farias, though, he's a decent player, as is Nahita Hernandez. Um, and so is Liko Giannis. Don't forget Liko Giannis and, and, and Pavoletti. So there's yep. some players there. They they got some talent. They just need to put it together. And and, and more often than not, Jao Pedro is going to be your leader, your, your talisman. He's he's your 15 to 20 goal getter every year. But right. uh, there are some good players in the team, I think. Right. I agree. I agree. So... Um, yeah, it's, uh, th- th- there's more to, there's more to Cali than Jal Pedro when they go forward. Definitely. So, so that was the wrap, uh, goals of the week. Goals of the week. Yeah. So, uh, my honorable mentions this week, uh, are going to go with o- Okareke with his, uh, dashing run to the, uh, to the, to the whole team. Basically, it was basically three, four guys, but, um, Destro's header was a nice goal of the week for me. Honorable mention. And as was Sanabria, but my top five goes like this. Number five, Rafael Leal with his nice run through the team, uh, getting his goal back from Rebic. El Sharawi's game winner was number four for me. Uh, Lautaro getting his beautiful volley coming in number three for me. I thought it was very well done between him and uh, in Barella. Sticking with Inter, Di Marco, fantastic free kick goal. That was wonderfully taken by him for his goal. And then my goal of the week, sticking with that game, Augello. His volley was just mwah, beautiful. Mm. Uh, can't do it any better than that. Technique was beautiful. That's number one for me. Um, we're a little different. Uh, I have Leao in at number five. We're a lot um, different. <laughs> well, I actually, I told you what it was before the show, but I, I, I flipped a couple of them. Um, Leao for me, number five. Lotaro's volley, number four. Just the whole sequence, uh, you know, and then the volley finish was was excellent. Uh, Augello with number three, 
Um, is it Algello or Algello? Because I have said both on this podcast tonight. I've said both too. Uh, I keep hearing the commentator say Algello, so I've converted to Algello. Okay, I'll just I'll just go with that. I've got Algello at number three. I'm going to put Okariki at Okariki at number two. Um, I, that just was a wonderful run, um, you know. And then being able to beat the defenders and create it and finish, and then uh, uh, Demarco's free kick for me is the goal of the week. Um, I mean, you can't you can't hit that any better, um, you know. So it was well taken. So goal of the week there for me. Um, um, I have one question. There's a, there's a question about European games, which you can get to after the European roundup. But there's a question here about Serie A. Uh, this one comes in from uh, uh, Fraser Robinson, I believe his name is. So he says, do you think Dries Merton should have left Napoli to join Inter Milan when he was a free agent? Uh, obviously, there's many questions about whether he was going to leave Napoli uh, to join Inter. I'm guessing this is an Interisti fan here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dries Merton? Should he have joined Inter or is he a good place where he's at right now at Napoli? That's an interesting one. Um, I suppose if Inter weren't so hot for Correa, that it would have made that it could have made sense. You know, Inzaghi's system to kind of be a support uh, striker off of Jekyll. Um But it's it's you know I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Inter would have been good for his style of play. You know, he had that amazing season under Saudi where he thrived as a false nine. Um, uh, at Napoli and uh, was, I think it was our player of the season that year. Um, but, you know, since then, it's been dribs and drabs from him, hasn't it? And, uh, I mean, if you're an Inter supporter, would you have, would you have really wanted him uh, with, with everything else that you had in that locker room? You know, you know that's the other question that you have to ask. Um, I don't know what appeal Dries Mertens has for anybody anymore. And I think that that's where I'm kind of, that's where I'm kind of at with it. So, um, he's in his early thirties, you know, he's been at Napoli for an awful long time. He's not really a striker. He doesn't have the physical stature. He doesn't, he's not a, you know, but he's also, he's a, you know, he can excel on the flank as a winger. You know, he was obviously really good as a false nine. It's like, what is he and how does he fit into your team tactically? And I think that uh, people will ask those questions about players like that when they know that they're available on a free. And in the end, in a case like Dries Mertens, with where he's at in his career, it might just be a hard pass. So I don't think Dries Mertens had much of a choice, to be honest. And I think where he's at at Napoli is probably the best fit for him. I think uh, the combination between all the, the littles that they have plus Osimhen up there, uh, and um, the way the midfield gets him the ball, I think it's a perfect fit for them, honestly, because yeah. he can he can interchange so well. And if you know t- take Osimhen out, he can come in as that false nine if you want, yeah. or you can interchange players. At Inter, you know you have Lautaro, who's very similar in that regards, and then now you got uh, obviously Correa, who can also interchange as well, and so that'd be a mix. I don't know how that would work. Could they all be on the same time? I'm sure they could, but you also don't want to inter- disrupt the fantastic midfield that they have there at Inter. So it's hard to see where that fit would be. I think at, at, at Napoli, that's where he should be. He's the all-time leading goal scorer. He should stay there, uh, end his career there, in my opinion, because I think that's the best fit, honestly. And um, you know, he's an extra. Excellent option to have if you're Spalletti, I think. You know, Dries Mertens, he can stay healthy. You know, I can see a very productive season this year. I'm curious what Napoli fans think of him, and I'm sure they love him to bits. And so, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad. I'm honestly glad that he stayed in Napoli because I think that's the best place for him. Sure. Sure. Uh, Ricardus is asking, uh, Ricardus 16 is asking, Fiore Europa League. I, I'm warming up to the idea, to be honest. Uh, you know, 
I I'm gonna write up my I'm gonna write up my final table predictions this week. So I'll uh, y- you never know. Let's see where I have them here. So I have La Viola just missing out of European action, um, but I can see him being better than Tassuolo, who I have at eighth. Yep. Lazio, Roma, Juve. I mean, the top seven. That's hard. It's hard. They're gonna have to play very well and steal some points. They've already yeah. gotten from Atalanta. They'd have to beat you know all the other other big boys there. And if they do it, great. Uh, they'll just fully deserve it. But I th- I'm just outside. Okay. Top ten for sure. Okay. All right. So the, we'll 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 see about that. I mean, I I'm not ruling it out. I'm still trying to weigh up where where everybody kind of falls at this point. And I was like I said, I'll I'll have my final. Uh, table prediction this week. They were, yeah, they were very impressive yesterday against Atalanta for sure. So um, let's move on to Europe, Richard. Um, Champions League kicks off this week. Uh, I, I, we touched on the groups, I think, when they got drawn out. I think you and, uh, you and Uncle Sharma did. Um, and now we're going to actually play these games. Uh, it starts with Tuesday. Um Juve will be making the trip to Melmo. Atalanta making the trip to Villarreal. Um, let's start with that Juve game. We already kind of alluded to it. I mean, this this Juve needs this game not just for Champions League because let's face it, Juve and Ch- Juve and Chelsea should be the two teams that go through in that group to the next stage of the competition. I don't think Zenit will put up. I think Zenit could could be a test, uh, and I don't know if Malmo is where they're at. Malmo managed by uh, Jan. John Donald Thomason, former Milan player, by the way, um, and an okay side. I mean, it's not a game that Juve should underestimate, but it's also a game that they desperately have to have and just get something to kickstart their season. Yeah, I agree too. And it's really more to calm the nerves of the fans more than anything else to see him do well and not only win, but win convincingly. I think uh, you have another performance where it's closer than meets the needs to be. Uh, you're going to see the panic button hit by many Juve and Tini, but we both think that's not the case mm-hmm. with them. They should win. Like, as you mentioned, they should, they're their top two team in this group easily. Um, and, you know, Malmo is a team that you got to worry about. All these teams are, but uh, I think Juve should be able to handle them. You know, if they get some of these players fit for this game, uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they get a, a several goals in this game. So uh, look for them to perform well on the road. I, I imagine Allegri is going to figure something out. He uh, he tends to do well in these uh, European situations. Yeah. Uh, he'll figure it out. He's 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 the right manager when I have for a problem like that. You like you like a blowout on Tuesday in Sweden? I, I, I don't see it. I think it's going to be 1-0, maybe 2-0. I think it's going to be one of those resourceful Juve games. It's like, all right. Let's just win a game and get the feeling of winning again and taking it back to when they play Milan uh, at the weekend. Ricardo says uh, Malmo is Ibra's alma mater. It is, but they hate him now because he owns another team, the rivals there. So anyway, yep. uh, but yeah, I, I think they're going to win big, I guess. They're going to win 3-1. Yep. I think they're going to give up a goal. Many questions about going to be about the goalie, but I think uh, 3-1 they're going to win. They're going to get their goals and. uh it may get a give up a goal early, but yeah, three one victory. All right, we got Villarreal and Atalanta. Uh, tasty game here. Uh, Villarreal, the Europa League winners, um, did so against uh, Manchester United in that final. Uh, currently, right now, uh, if we take a look at them in La Liga, um, not the greatest start for them. They've played three and drawn three. Uh, but when we take a look at their profile. 
you know, some of the top players in their team. Uh, you've got guys, you've got a guy who's going to be very familiar with Italian football and in Raul Albiol, who's a defender there. Um, you've got, you've got Manu Tregueros, you've got Gerard Moreno, you've got Alcacer, Jeremy Pino has a teenager that I don't think will feature in a game like this, but we, you never know. Um, Samuel Chicoise is a guy that is, can give you some pace, uh, can draw some fouls. He can, he's not, not tricky in terms of, you know, being able to beat you one V one with moves and creativity. He'll beat you with power. Um, you know, and then they've got some veteran guys, Francis Cocolan, Donnie Parejo, who will be pulling the strings, playmaker Etienne Capu, uh, you know, in that midfield, you know, guys that have kind of been around the block a little bit. And then, uh, Jerome Morui, who spent a lot of time at Real Sociedad, but also they've got Sergio Asenio in that goalkeeper room too. Uh, so a well put together side, uh, for Atalanta to have to navigate, I, I judging Atalanta right now and how they've started. I, I I'm going to go for a goal. I'm going to go for a score draw here. Uh, I'm going to go somewhere in the. Um, I'm going to go for something in the one-one range. Um, I, I think it'll be tight. Uh, I, I think that these are going to be two teams that are going to be two of the teams that at this stage feel out process. You know what I mean. And uh, I think that you're gonna you're gonna see that I, I think you're gonna see that unfold when they play each other. I'm going for a one-one draw between Villarreal and Atalanta. What do you say? Uh, do we know if Muriel is hurt? I don't know if he got injured. He was I, not I available. He, um, he was not available against. Not that that's uh, gonna change my decision, obviously, but uh, Fiorentina. Yeah, I think, and 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 Tyler brings up a good point here that you know, uh, Yeramo Pino is actually you know was featured against United in the European League finals and uh, Europa League finals. Excuse me, and is explosive and tricky. Uh, he absolutely is. Um, it's going to be a handful. Um, they're they're a good team. They're they're managed by a team that knows how to play in Europe. Yes, it's the Champions League as opposed to Europa League. Um, but uh, there are some question marks not only with Atalanta, also with Villarreal. Um, I see goals both ways. I honestly do. I think both defenses have been very shaky so far this year. Um, I would not be surprised at a score draw as you, but I'm going to go 2-2. I think uh, both teams have some explosive players. You know, the chat's mentioning it. You're mentioning it. Uh, it's going to be hard. You know, I, I see some lapses, obviously, in the defense for, for Atalanta. And obviously, they know how to score goals. Yep. They do very well in Champions League. Um, their, their, their form isn't that great in Serie A, but... What we've seen in the last season is that they kind of focus all their chips on Champions League and ignore Serie A for the time being. So I think they're going to play well. And I think a score draw is going to suit them well. I think it's going to suit both teams well, actually. So, Yep. All right. So that's I, – I, we both think it'll be a draw. We both think Juve will win. You think they'll win a little more lopsided. I think it'll be kind of one of those game management type things that we've used, been used to seeing from Allegri's Juve that it's just like, hey, just win this thing. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and then we're going to really talk Milan here and we got Puccio in the chat now. So here you go. Yeah, Martino's here just in Perfect time. <laughs> Liverpool, Milan. Um, yeah. one thing I'll point out, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Uh, it has not been a picnic against Italian teams. They did have the game in Atalanta that they destroyed them. But other than that, everything's been tight and they've even lost games at Anfield. I want to say, yeah, they lost Napoli. to Atalanta in group play last year. Um, they, I think, drew Napoli a couple seasons ago at Anfield. 
Um, this is a team that when you look at this, they're, they're off to a very nice start in the Premier League, obviously. Three wins and a draw. They've only conceded one goal. Virgil being back, you know, certainly makes them better defensively than what they were last year. Um, but this is a Liverpool historically under Jurgen Klopp that has had tussles with Italian teams. You know, the biggest thing with with such young players going into a game in an atmosphere like this, a European night at Anfield, um, don't get intimidated by the environment. And you're going to have guys like Ibrahimovic and Giroud in that dressing room that are going to be able, and, and Kiar, that are going to be able to say, hey, guys, don't let this get to you. All right? So I think that that's important. Um it's going to be interesting to see whether Liverpool seeks out to try to monopolize possession in this game or if they're going to be fine with Milan having the ball and seeing if they can try to take their chances hitting them on the break. Um, where I think this – yeah, and, and respectful, you are, you, are, you are beating me to my point. The, I'm scared too. If Salah can get behind Teo, um, and especially on the break, that's a problem. I'm growing in confidence in Davide Calabria that I think that he can handle dealing with Sadio Mane. Um, but the Salah against Teo is where Milan could lose this game, probably will lose this game. I, I hate to you know, hate to go on record as a Milan supporter and say, you know, that they're going to lose a game. I'd be very happy with a draw as well, Martino. But I think that Milan are going to put up a hell of a fight. But I think that they're going to just fall short. I'm going to go Liverpool winning this game 2-1. I think Milan will score a goal at Anfield, but I don't think that they're going to come away with any points. Anfield is a very daunting place to play. Yes. Uh, their crowd is – when it's fully capacity, it's a daunting place. I don't know if they're a full capacity yet, England or not, uh, or if they're allowed there for Champions League. But the crowd gets behind it. You got, that's what you got to worry about. You know, The veterans that you mentioned, they're going to have to be like, listen, tune out the crowd because you get an early goal by Liverpool – it could turn ugly quick because you get the crowd on you. You're young. You don't know what's, what to expect. Tail could get abused, like you mentioned. Uh, it's all possibilities. Uh, but the good thing going for Milan in, in this respect, you know, you mentioned Liverpool struggling with Italian teams, especially at home. Milan's been playing well on the road. Mm-hmm. They're a very good road team. They played United very well on the road. Um, this has got a team with a lot of good players. The key, I think, in this game is going to be you. You mentioned right there, Salah. What's he going to do with Teo Hernandez? I think that the wing, the winger play is going to be huge for Milan. Can Salamakers and Rebic or whomever are in those wings help out defensively because they'll need to. You know, Kessie, uh, if he starts, and and Benacer, Tonali, whomever, they're going to have to be big in this game, no doubt. But the wingers are going to be huge. They need to help out those wingbacks because if not, it could be a long day. Uh, you know, Kiara is going to be, be on the on the lookout for for those run behinds. He's not that fast. I would expect Tamori to start, but we'll see. You know, Romagnoli looked pretty great against Lazio. Uh, it's going to be a big game, no doubt about. It. They're going to have to take their chances. Um, I, I expect Giroud to start in this one. You probably see well, uh, Zlatan's probably going to feature in this game as well. Yeah, um, it's going to be a tight game. I, I I can see it be decided by one goal, honestly, yep. one goal difference. Um, but the key is, can they tune out the the noise? If Milan starts out strong and even gets their first goal, I'm confident they can walk away with a minimum a draw. If they get a, give up a goal early, it could get ugly. And, and and when I say ugly, I say like two nothing, two nothing, or something like that. That's that's ugly in in this regard. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 the crowd. The crowd's gonna be the big factor. What can Milan do to counteract that? Yep. Um, 
I yeah I, I and I and I look at the rest of it. You know, Salamakers will certainly give Calabria some help. I don't know if we if if say if it's Leo. I would rather he not come back and help. I would on that side if Tail gets back. You could probably shift one of the two in the double pivot over to kind of help provide some cover and leave Leo high, you know, to start a counterattack. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay with that as a as a tactical option. I'll, I'll, it will be interesting to see what, how Pioli approaches this, you know. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think they're going to just be just barely fall short here. Uh, and I'll, I'll go to I'm, – I'm going 2-1 to Liverpool here uh, just because I have to be objective. Um, so, and then finally, Inter and Real Madrid. Um, who would you play, Tonali or Benacer? I think Benacer is going to start over Tonali. I think that you're going to go with the guys that have a little bit more experience, a little bit better defending, um, guys that are going to provide some protection. And I think that if you do that, now you've got that, you know, that's going to give – Benacer being in the middle with Kessie will give Kessie some freedom to help cover Teo, um, provide some cover. So – um, I don't know if this is a Tonali game just yet. Yeah. So I would rather see... well in the league. Give him time in the league. Benacer and Kessie can focus on uh, the yep. European action. Yep, for sure. Real Madrid at Inter. And Real Madrid are off to a flying start in La Liga at the moment right now. They have played four. They have 10 points. They've scored 13. They've given up six. They just beat Celta Vigo today 5-2. to two. Um, Karim Benzema is in outstanding form. Um, and he is going to be a danger man for this inter back three. Uh, they came away with a one, one, one nil win over rail Batiste. They've beat Alavesh four one. I mean, they've beaten some teams that you don't necessarily fancy. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> they're off to a, they're, they're off to a flyer here and, you know, Real Madrid as a squad under Carlo Ancelotti, they don't need they don't need much endorsement from us, do they? I mean, you're talking about some of the best players in the world: Karim Benzema, <laughs> Luka Modric, um, Casemiro. Uh, I mean, just loaded with talent. Gareth Bale's back there, um, you know, and and Ancelotti is kind of you know revitalized as a manager. You know, spent that time at Everton, and now he's back with Real Madrid, and you know he's got it going again against an Inter team that. You know, we're not sure what we got yet. Um, and that's a kind of a, a scary place to be in when you've got Real Madrid coming coming a calling. Um, I think that there'll be goals in this game, but I think Real Madrid are going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3-2 win for Real Madrid. Mm, um, yeah. I, I think that Inter have some, you know, enough power that they can that they can treble Real Madrid and get some goals on them. You know, that defense is a little bit revamped now. Sergio Ramos is out of the picture, you know, and they've got a couple of decent guys, but they're gettable. And I think that Inter's going to get some goals out of this. But I think going the other way with what Real Madrid have to offer, I think they're going to I think they're going to score some goals. I think they're going to come with a way win. And and, and I've got 3-2 to uh, the Spanish side. What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting game. Obviously, you mentioned Real Madrid getting off to a hot start. Inter, they're they're going to a good start as well in Serie A. Um, two good squads. Uh, Real Madrid are certainly they have all the names. You know all the names that they talk about. They've lost some players and it's still really great. Um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game for Inter. Inter have historically struggled in the group stages. That's the big question this year. Can they get out of the group stages? Um, it's going to be a difficult game, even if it's at home. 
Uh, Real Madrid is going to play them difficult. There's also question marks about Inzaghi and how he handles European games. Yep. Uh, they obviously did well last year with Lazio. They they found a way to make it out of the group stages. And but, pretty uh, much an undermanned Lazio in those group stage games, by the way, with all the COVID problems they had. Correct. Correct. But some of those teams that Lazio played are not Real Madrid. That's right. a whole different beast, right? Um, I, I expect Inter to lose on the lose at home, excuse me, but I think it's two to one. I think it's closer than we think. Um, I, I can see, you know, maybe Correa getting a start in this one and doing very well. Maybe even getting a goal here uh, for Inter. That midfield is going to have to be big for Milan or for Inter, Inter Milan. Um, I wonder who the start is. I'm curious what the starting eleven is going to be. Mm. Uh, Inzaghi doesn't really change too much from his his, his teams. We'll see. He's got obviously a lot, a lots of depth that he can move things around with. Um, maybe Kolarov gets a start. If he does, it's going to be... Oh, and, oh, Real Madrid blow Inter away if Kolarov starts. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully he doesn't start for, yep. for Serie A's sake. Uh, but I think I think it'll be a close game, but I think Real Madrid have just that much more firepower than Inter, and I think they can figure out a way to get those two goals on the road. Um, Inter are not going to look bad out of the element at all by any stretch, and it's not a disgrace to lose to Real Madrid, but I don't think they're ready yet because it's a new manager. If this is Conte, yep. I could say a different story. Be, I'd, I'd say it's a draw easily, yep. um, but it's not Conte. It's Zinzaghi. It's a new manager. You're getting, still getting used to him and his style. It's going to be a rough road here at the beginning. So 2-1, to one, Real Madrid wins on the road. Yep. Uh, yeah, so we, we're, we're kind of along the same mindset. We think Juve will win. We think Atalanta will draw. We think that the two Milan clubs will lose um, on the uh, uh, opening stage of, uh, of, of, match day, of match day one of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, quick look at Europa League. Lazio travel to Galatasaray. That's never easy. Tough. Um, you know, and Galatasaray, probably not what they've been in the past. Um, but still, nonetheless, that's a, that's a really painful trip to take. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go for a draw there. I think they'll, I'll think they'll at least scrap that out, but Napoli traveling to Leicester, uh, on Thursday, that's going to be a pretty exciting game. If both of those teams are invested in it, which I anticipate that they're going to be, um, we've seen Brendan Rogers. I mean, when he sees attacking side, I mean, just case in point, just this past weekend, he they went more defensive, seeded possession. It's Manchester City. I think everybody's going to do that against them. <laughs> um, but they've got very good goalkeeping in Casper Schmeichel. They've got reasonable players going forward that can provide a threat. You know, if he goes with his if he goes with his best possible lineup, this is going to be a pretty thrilling game. I could see some goals in this. I'm going to go for a two two draw uh, at the King Power between Leicester and Napoli. But this is provided that Rodgers and Spalletti put their best teams out there. That's a big if, and I think <clears throat> if that's the case, uh, I could see that scoreline. Um, I know a bunch of the the Syria Twitter heads that are going to be there. Uncle Sharma, the Twins, and some others, I think, as well. So uh, they're going to at least get to see Napoli live there at King Power Stadium. Um, Leicester is a good team. They're a good team. Brent Rogers is a very good manager. He's kind of found his regained his his confidence, I guess, after the you know moving going to Celtic and getting and getting doing very well over there. So 
Leicester's going to be good. I, I think, you know, if Napoli play their best 11, uh, they can easily compete with Leicester. And I, I like that 2-2 scoreline. But we don't know what the starting 11 is going to be like. Uh, are we going to see heavy rotation? We'll see with Spalletti. What's, what's his interest in the Champions League? If he, does, if he thinks, or Europa League, excuse me, if he thinks they have a real chance of winning the trophy, he may take it seriously. But we don't know what his motivations are this year. You know, that's been my biggest, one of my biggest gripes with Spalletti in European action is, his motivation hasn't always been there. He's always right. focusing on the league. Is that going to be the case with with Napoli? I don't know. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope they go for the for the wins and, and try to win the trophy because they have a team more than capable of lifting the t- title. But um, the the starting eleven is going to tell me a lot. Yep. I'm going to assume like you are. They're going to best eleven, and I'm going to I'm going to say a draw. I'll go one one in in terms of my prediction. If that's the best eleven they go with, if they okay. don't, it's a loss. Okay. Roma should uh, win comfortably at home against CSKA Sofia in the Conference League. Um, and I, I fully anticipate Mourinho will rotate as well. So, um, so it, you know, in the process. But he'll rotate and they'll still come away winning 2-0, 3-0 pretty comfortably. So it's yeah. pretty much all we need to say about that. This, yep. conference, league is not, this conference League is not something I'm going <laughs> to – I'm not not getting not not running wild with so practice. It's like practice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there was a question in regards to European action. Let me find it here, uh, and it comes from our, our friend again, Fraser Robinson. Says, "How do you rate the chances of Italian teams winning a European trophy this season?" We just talked about Champions League, Europa League, and Conference Conference League. Um, what are your what are you, how do you rate the Italian teams and their opportunities for winning? Let's start with Champions League, I guess. Uh, I don't think an Italian team will win the Champions League this year. Um, do you think any make it out of their group stages? Juventus will. Yeah. Um, I, I think Inter have a chance. Uh, what was the rest of Inter's group? Uh, it was Real Madrid. Is it Borussia Dortmund again? Or no, Borussia Dortmund's in a different group. No, but they had this, it's almost the exact same team from last year, uh, minus Gladbach. So they got Shakhtar. They got Shakhtar, Shakhtar and Sheriff. Uh, Inter should. Um, Although Shakhtar is going to give them in trouble. I mean, Inter just has to score goals against Shakhtar. That's what happened last year. They didn't score against him. Atalanta is so, going to be difficult, but I think they can. It, Atalanta, it's going to come down to those games against Villarreal. Um, you know, I, I and, and if they can find a way to get a point on Man United, that would be nice. Um, I don't think Milan's getting out of their group. I, I'd love to see Milan get out of their group, but I, I would can't. Love it. I can't. I, love it. I can't do it. Um, I think that group is just way too daunting, but we'll we'll see. Stranger things have happened, um, but I just i I can't go there. I'm just I'm excited as far as Milan is concerned. I'm excited that the group stage is going to have six really good games for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll be worth watching. I don't have to see them play Sheriff or or some of these other teams. So, um, all right. What about Europa League? Uh, we got Lazio and Napoli. You think either of them can lift the trophy? I think our best shot is a Europa League win. Um, you know, I, you know, I think that Napoli probably is the more set up of the two to have a chance if Spalletti really wants to be invested in it. And then you never know who falls from the Champions League if they can grab a Europa League place and go on a run, and if that's something that they're going to be invested in. And by the time you get to that, it's you're you're trying to determine well. Do I want to try to go for top four, or do I want to go all in on 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 winning the Europa League? So, um, so we'll see. 
Um, I, I agree with you. I think Sadi will know how to play, how, how to manage a team in a Europa League situation. Um, will his team be at the level he needs it to be by the time it really gets in, into the group knockout stages? Spalletti, yeah. I'm still... He has the most capable team. I don't know if his, his motivation is there. So, I, sure. But I'm with you there. I, I, and I honestly think Roma has the best chance of winning the title European because I think Uncle Sharma brought this up in the last podcast that you know this is the first time anyone's playing this tournament. Marino's going to be want to be the first one to win it, right? So True. I can see him taking it seriously uh, once they get out of the group stages. So True. look out for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that take at all. So, so we'll see. I, it's just going to be difficult. So, I mean, the champions, like, I don't think there's a chance an Italian team's going to win one, win it this year. So, um, hate to say it. <laughs> so, uh, I'd like to see it someday. I'd, I'd like to get back to I man that run in the '90s when there was an Italian team in the final just about every year. Uh, you know, it was it, it was it was definitely very exciting. So, Ricardo says three or four for Milan in their group. I think. Oof. I think they got a shot at three. Yeah, yeah. It's Porto games. They're going to have to work for it, you know. But they might also benefit from fourth and like Inter last year, going out of the Champions League, and then they're all in on trying to win a Scudetto. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Great, you know. Good question. Um, But they play. They 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 actually go out and play these games. They don't listen to us. So. Maybe they will, uh, you know. Maybe we'll have totally different outcomes. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, you know about some of the things I've been saying about. I would love to be wrong. The prospects, you know. Let's am. just let's just put it that way. I'm usually wrong too, so that's probably why I'm going this route, <laughs> in hopes that I can be consistent at it. So we'll see. To be fair, I was on uh, the Calcio Connection last night with Jerry, and uh, I purposely picked Lazio to win the game today, and so that, I was wrong there. So it worked out. Reverse psychology. Gotta love it. So. All right. Well, that was the European Roundup, and all we've got left to do is get on to the world's most popular hashtag game. It is time for Who Won Cult Show Twitter. Richard, lead us off. All right. So we got two weeks worth of uh, of things here, so we'll try to go as fast through them as possible. First, coming in from Nino, TMZ footage of Ronaldo smacking Juventus as he leaves them and goes to Manchester United. <laughs> oh, always, always love a uh, parting shot, don't we? That's right. All right. Uh, we now move on to at Yanimal1981. When Juventini say let him cook and all management is doing is looking at the recycling. <laughs> hashtag Juve, hashtag Serie A. So, all right. All right. Not bad. Not all right. Bad. Next one. Next one comes from Dario Johnny Fabro at Little Pesta 81. Uh, so the original tweet was, Io el Milan avemo Hold on. I'm going to head of myself. Io el Milan avemo abbevisione diverse. So it's uh, <laughs> Donnarumma saying he's never going to leave Milan. And then he goes to PSG and he wears his backup kit there. <laughs> his training bib. Yep. Very Hard nice. I to start there with uh, Kaylor Navas in the lineup. So. Yep, yep, that's for sure. All right, now moving on to the underscore Corsado. It's been a while since we've heard from uh, Spaghetti Mafia. You versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and the face of Mourinho's expression. Uh, Mourinho's face is just great right there. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so... This one comes in from the big show. He says, uh, like if you see your club and you got lots of enter everyone and you don't see Juventus there. Juventus is missing. <laughs> they're what, 16th place right now. So yeah, they're at the bottom. Unfamiliar territory for them. Yes, Unfamiliar it is. Territory. 
Yes, it is. All right. So, uh, Alex Dono, way too early to pick a top three. This was in question. Who are the top three goalkeepers in Serie A? Way too early to pick a top three, but I can give you a bottom two. Honda and Woj. LOL. Hondanovic uh, and Wojcik and, and Wojcik Chesney there. So, <laughs> yep. All right, here. Next one comes in from Michael Lisi. Uh, Andrea Pirlo tweeted out London calling, and he says not to coach. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, Take a little break. Take a little break from that. So, all right. Next one is at Khalid Nasir zero one one one. Imagine Insigne scaring Immobile in Italy training center. <laughs> that's got the lead for me right now. I don't. Uh, I can't yeah, stop laughing. Yeah, that's well played. <laughs> well played. Oh, nice Nick. Nice Nick. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, all right, so Jerry Twina, Jose Mourinho inside Roma's trophy room. Yeah, we've, we've seen, this seen that before. before. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. All right. Good original with us, man. All right. So at Sabina S. Human, uh, we even lost Kabi Lame. <laughs> so Kabi's a big TikTok guy, uh, any Instagram star. Uh, and uh, so PSG was signing up all the Italians, and they even took another Italian. He's an Italian as well. Uh, deal done, according to Fabrizio Romano, that they oh. signed Kabi. So. Excuse me, Kabi Lame. I botched the name. I f- forgive me for that. The the, uh, the 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 He's a TikTok star? Is that what it is? TikTok and Instagram, yeah. Big big Italian star. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Moving on. Parasnitch is on the board. Read it up for us. <laughs> Parasnitch, yes. Uh, so it's a picture of you, of uh, our boy Ronaldo in his Manchester United kit. And it says, Juve, leaving him was the best decision of my life. I couldn't wait to be as far as possible from Agnelli's unibrow. Furthermore, Inter deserved the 2006 Scudetto and Luliano did foul Ronaldo in 1998. Absolute travesty. Ronaldo to Sky Sport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good old Parasnitch. All right, moving on. At VitXBug, uh, Cassie Ha Renovato. Juve, <laughs> Milan, and Rome with uh, Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan, Dybala, Kessi, Romagnoli, and Quadrado expiring. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Milan, it's your first time, and uh, Juve like Juve and Roma, first time. They're like, no, no, not our first time. <laughs> <laughs> like that one. Uh, yeah, I love the Family Guy inserts in here. <laughs> All right, this one comes from from Shevins, uh, Shevkinki. At Chev Kinky, uh, Arturo Vidal and Hakan Chalnulu 2021-22 season highlights. The best kebab in town. <laughs> Jeez. Gosh. And that is actually Arturo Vidal. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, okay. All right. At Lupo AS Roma, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> Bane reference from, from Batman. I like yep. it. I like it. All right. Uh, Let's see this one. Uh, all right, so uh, Longari tweeted out that uh, Olivia Giroud tested positive for COVID-19 on September 2nd. Uh, Big Show tweeted out, it's always worse on the elderly, too. Thoughts and prayers. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> heard Drake disses Inter on his new album, Can Someone Confirm? And that was from Matt Santangelo replying is at Kilpin Chronicle can confirm he does references bitches several times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I did like that one. 
All right. So uh, this is, it looks like a recycled one from um, from our buddy uh, Art Morelli. It says, uh, uh, Juve Merda. It's Juve Merda Star Wars. Uh, yeah, this is a reset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it's a great video. It's an absolutely great video. Uh, one of the tweets of the year last year. But yeah, <laughs> certainly recycle that one. So. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, moving on. All righty. So uh, Tessa at B384N, the commentator, Immobile is only human. Okay. Well, can he be human on the bench? <laughs> Many people upset with the uh, Immobile's play or lack of goals. Uh, she is obviously one of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Saturnion. We already had Parisnich here. Saturnion. Uh, Milan player wants an increase in salary. Milan. Best I can do for you is to leave on a free. Pawn stars. Nice. <laughs> Uh, all righty, let's see. So, all right, Napoleon Ismo back in the <laughs> back back in there. <laughs> his wife holding his arm because she knows what he does on the pitch. <laughs> Doesn't want him dropping their kid. <laughs> so. oh, that's good. That's good. That's rough, but it's good. All right, next one in here. <laughs> Bonucci watching Kane score the goal and not celebrating. <laughs> Look at the sit on the <laughs> not happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good like that one that's good it comes from at interista at interista since his muscles is nominating uh roberto mancini realizing he finally has a number nine <laughs> roberto mancini and uh Gianluca viali hugging oh that comes from uncle sharma there <laughs> yep. good stuff that is good that is good uh let's see where we are here okay uh, this from comes at Gillis15 underscore. It's Lazio Chiro Aturichi. <laughs> bit of a knockoff, isn't it? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Bit of oh, a knockoff. Man. All right. So we keep moving on. All right. At Stile Allegri. This was nominated by our friend uh, Johnny. Uh, let's see. Was it a uh, or something? I can't remember. Uh, this is a uh, Blues Clues reference. Yeah. And then look at you. And look at all you have done. And all you have accomplished. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and it's England in the <laughs> empty trophy case. Oh, man. That's creative. I think that one's in the clubhouse, too. That's one of the clubhouse oh, leaders. Nicely done, Nick. All right. All another, right. another one from Parisnitch, huh? Parisnitch, Yeah. Uh, there's rumors that Bastoni was injured, and so thoughts of maybe Kolarov getting into the starting lineup, and it's like, oh my god, here we go, <laughs> crashing. Look at that. <laughs> so bad that they ahead. took a wing back in Demarco and made him a left center back. Yeah, against yeah. Sampdoria. <laughs> Hang on here. All right, too many clicks. All right, got too excited. Uh, at JP Uccello, great pass from Manolas to send Marata in on that goal. Oh, that's not how it works. <laughs> it was a great assist it was a great assist very much wrong team wrong team <laughs> all right all Juve cast Alberto comes in uh, credit to Napoli so awesome little kid got to take to take the toss and shake Chiellini's hand for this one. nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one picking up on Insigne picking on Insigne all right uh, Martino Puccio is on the board. I'm a Milanista, and I absolutely celebrate like this, beating Juve. How could you not? But I do find it odd when Juventini talk about celebrating like winning the UCL. How does one know the feeling? Uh, and this was from Khalid. Uh, Italy winning Euros and Napoli winning against Juventus. No difference. 
<laughs> Lots of celebrations there for event for a Napoli beating Juventus in that one. So nicely done, nicely done. All right, uh, bum, bum, bum. Napolinissimo says, uh, "UV fans celebrate <laughs> draw as if their rivals were Salernitana, and Genoa, Torino, and Altaro." <laughs> This guy brings he's, it every time. He's done it again. Not oh. Napoleonismo has done it again. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Well played. Uh, All right. We are going right. to skip the uh, Pazza one. We don't want to degrade yep. people. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, at Johnny Rules 27, Johnny Delacoli does a lot of nominating. He actually got one. Uh, Juve fans are becoming self-aware. They're getting smarter, and this is in response to his friend, his, his friend Nicholas. Holy shit, we're Arsenal. <laughs> He's obviously a Juventus fan, and uh, yeah, yep. yeah, they're not doing too well this year. So, <laughs> not good. Uh, so this one, uh, Alex Dono. So the original tweet was Lisi taking a picture of Milan in first place, and uh, Dono responded, uh, "You're well on your way to another winter scudetto." <laughs> <laughs> and Art Morelli chimes in also with his winter champions. Winter video. champions. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. All right. And Art Morelli, Sandro Tonali of Milan, 2020 <laughs> versus 2021. Fat Chiesa. Yeah, it's pretty. With Star Wars. Yeah, it's pretty uh, It's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Art, Art Morelli just keeps popping up with him, doesn't he? Uh, he's good. It's really good. All right. Uh, Anthony from Sempre Milan says, uh, Sally said, he goes, uh, look at you, emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, getting them all fired up. <laughs> Obviously, talking about the fireworks at the end of the game between uh, Sadi and, and Salamakers, and even Ibra got involved in that one. But uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, mercy. Uh, all right. So, um, okay. So, and then finally, the last one at Sean underscore Macintosh. Lazio defending Milan on the counter, by the way. Another Blues clues. And that was really challenging, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good ones this week. These last couple of weeks. Uh, so, are we? Pick, who do we pick? We had. Two, I think we were down bias. to two. I'm going with recency bias. I am going to go with Napolinissimo. Where was his tweet? Uh, oh my God! Where is it? We just saw it. Uh, the, here we Napolinissimo. go. Napolinissimo. You celebrating interest draws after rivals were killing a ton of Geno I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, I like his other tweet too, by the way. There's some good ones, but uh, yeah, that 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 got me. That got me good. Oh man, yeah, I'm with you. He's done it again. Congrats at Napoleonismo. Uh, oh man. So while you're doing that, uh, yeah. Another crazy week of uh, games that just went by. Obviously, Champions League, Europa League start this week, and so lots of big games coming on this week. You know, it's funny. I was watching the Milan game, and I saw him take out Kessie in the 60th minute. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, oh, wait, it's Champions League. I remember those. Operation so, Champions League. So I remember now. But, yeah, yeah, some big games going on this week, and also some big games, and Serie A taking off next weekend as well. Um, you mentioned that Sassuolo are playing uh, Torino on Friday. That's good. That should be an entertaining game. Uh, if you look at next week's schedule, um, Atalanta should get back on the right foot against Salernitana. Uh, that's going to be an, a blowout there, I imagine. But the big game we're going to be talking about, obviously, Milan's playing Liverpool this week in the midweek. Then they play Juventus at Juventus on the weekend. And don't don't sleep on Udinese and Napoli. That's going to be a very good game, I think. We're going to learn a lot about Udinese in that game as well. So. I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to those games. Yeah, great week of matches coming up next week. No doubt about it. So, uh, you know, we're certainly looking forward to that. Um, Stila Allegri, honorable mention for the Who yeah. Won Calcio Twitter. Uh, thought that was a 
really creative, really good one. And then I believe the other one that we really liked uh, that we want to make sure we we uh, circle back and give some attention to. Um, it wasn't Yanimal. It was Gillis fifteen. Who's the one that did the um, the the uh, Chiro Lazio Chiro versus Azuri Chiro? No, it was an uh, oh uh, Khalid Nasir zero one one one. Ah. Yep, the uh, uh, Insigne scaring Immobile in Italy training center. <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Another honorable mention for this week's. Who won Calcio Twitter at Syria? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> so, so yeah. So those were the winners. Napoleon Ismo has done it again. No, he's not paying us. He's just really good, and everybody else has to start stepping up their game. So, uh, and with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Seria Sit Down. Richard, shameless plug time. Yeah, I'm going to once again plug Uncle Sharma. He was a co-host last week. Yep. Uh, did a fantastic job. Brought a Thanks, great Uncle Sharma. There. Uh, I'm going to plug away as well as uh, Coucha Connection. We're on the show last night. Alex was, I don't know, shaving his head or something. He was watching college football. I don't know. So uh, we did a little Milan-Lazio preview in that one with uh, Milano Miguel. And obviously, Jerry was the host. Uh, we had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, so give a give a shout out to them. Follow Milano Miguel. Follow follow Jerry if you're not already. And then obviously the Calcio Connection, Alex Dano. Great group of guys there. And then uh, yeah, uh, maybe we'll um, do some live streaming here in the future with from some games. We'll see how it goes. Yep. We're, we're both so busy. So, but yeah, you can follow me as a as a handle says at r underscore k h a r m a n. Yes, and you can follow me at ftc underscore twenty one. I moved it on you. Yeah, you, I, I see that. I had to, I had to, I had to, had to switch fingers. So, anyway, Sitia Sit Down. We have our own uh, channel on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere where there's podcasts. There's Sitia Sit Down. Uh, so it's not that hard to find us here. If you enjoyed this video, enjoyed this content, please subscribe for future notifications of when we go live, so you can join us live and get engaged in the chat. Uh, please drop a like too. That helps us out a ton. Um, at Setia sit down on Twitter or Instagram, any comments, questions, any future topics you want to have us cover. We're happy to help. Um, and, uh, also we're on Facebook a little bit too, so you can find us there as well. So Richard number 200 next week, man. It is a big episode, two hundred. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna figure out what time our what time we're gonna do the. the we have podcast, to wear a suit. We have to wear a suit for this or any of this other shit. I don't want to. I'm right? not wearing a suit. I'm okay. not wearing a suit. Good. I'll Good. drink a beer. I might have some whiskey to celebrate. Yeah. We're knows? gonna have to celebrate. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to come up with something. Yeah. We'll have to come up yeah. with something that the people can uh, be a part of and appreciate and have some fun Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Two hundred. Wow. It's been. Uh, yeah. It's it's been a slice. That's <laughs> that's for sure. So. Hard, hard to believe that we have we have done this this long and that we've 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 put in this many podcasts, but uh, but it's a blast and uh, man, we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week on top of celebrating episode number two hundred. So it's 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 gonna be pretty wild, but um, nonetheless, uh, we've gotten this far because we have the support of you and we really appreciate that. So um, for Richard, I'm Frank. This has been City I Sit Down. Hope you enjoyed your culture to go. And as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.